Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Today we're in part two of a series that we started last week called Life Shift. And uh, just curious, how many of you here today uh, would be willing to confess or maybe raise your hand indicating the fact that there are some shifts that you need to make in your lives? Come on, we all do, right? And I would be safe to say for some of us, maybe those type of shifts are, are, are maybe related to, you know, our physical health. Maybe there's some new habits, some things that we need to uh, change in our lives. For others, maybe it's some financial situ- situations or circumstances. Maybe for others, it's some relationships, some friendships. There's some shifts that we need to make for the better. And, you know, when you think about other types of challenges, it might be, you know, a career or a job situation or circumstance. You know, for a lot of us, maybe it is just a spiritual or maybe a moral drifting that we have allowed to happen in our lives. And I just want to say this. It is time for all of us to stop the drift and make the shift. Amen? I mean, we all need to make some shifts in our lives lives. And I'm just going to give you a little personal shift that I made uh, in July. Most of you have been around for a little while since July. Uh, You know maybe where I'm going with this. But uh, I used to have a full head of hair, okay? And, uh, but I didn't like the direction things were going. And I'm going to be real specific with you. Um, You know, I am 57 years of age, And I feel like I'm 27. I have the mindset of a 27-year-old. I mean, I'm, I, you know, so that wasn't necessarily the issue. I'm very, very young at heart. But at the same time, when I looked at myself in the mirror, I'm thinking, man, this isn't working. I mean, it's like, you know what? My hair is starting to grow gray. Nothing against gray hair. Sign of wisdom. Come on, everybody. So anyway. The main thing is, is I started evaluating some things, and I thought to myself, I need to make some shifts. And to be even more specific with you, my kids started reaffirming some things. Michelle even called me out on some things. I'm talking about things like my attitude. I'm talking about some things where, you know, I started getting a little critical or negative and frustrated and you know, I wasn't necessarily, you know, fun to, to be around. I was, I was very intense, a little stressed out. I was going through some, just carrying a lot of stuff, and, and uh, things weren't going as I'd hoped, and maybe moving at the pace that I was hoping that it would move. And so I started getting irritable, and, uh, you know, just kind of having this demeanor that wasn't healthy, just wasn't good. And so here I am just, you know, in many ways kind of at a place where I just felt like I wasn't living up to my best self. And so I decided to make a shift. And that shift was pretty radical. I literally shaved my head. I made a decision. I'm going all in. I'm going to make some adjustments in my life. I'm going to get my health back. I'm going to get my mindset back. I'm going to get my attitude back. I'm going to get my spirit right. I'm just going to do some things that I need to start doing. 
Well, that happened in July. I've been a work in progress. I've now lost about 20 pounds, gotten back into running. I've always been, I thought, fit. But once again, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I thought, I thought to myself, I can be better than this. I can do better than this. And I'm going to have to make some changes in my life in order to achieve some of the desired outcomes, the results that I really wanted to get back in my life. And so with all of that said, I'm using myself as an example to simply encourage all of us here today, regardless of what kind of shift you need to make. And you know what that is. Only you know. And there may be some others that are very close with you that might be able to help reaffirm some things you already know or remind you of some of those things you already know. But at the end of the day, we already know what kind of shifts that we need to make in our lives. But here's what I want us to understand as we dive into part two of our series for this new calendar year of 2023. Because I don't want for any of us, whether it's myself, for any of you, I don't want us to be at the same place this time next year, right? We want to move forward. Listen, we want to we develop. We want to grow. We want to mature in our not only in our relationship with the Lord, but in every area of our lives. And here's how that will happen. Because change always starts with choosing. Did you get that? Change always starts with choosing. And until we make some choices in our lives, we will never see changes in our lives. And so with that, change always starts with choosing. And so with that, I just want to say this. There are many, many verses, obviously, as you can only imagine from, you know, the Old Testament, the New Testament, everything in between. There are endless amounts of verses and, and passages of Scripture that speak to change and really making choices in our lives. But I want to focus in on one today. And in many ways, I consider this to be my life verse because it has challenged me on so many occasions. And it really speaks to the heart of what we're unpacking today. And it's found in Romans chapter 12, looking at verse 2. This is powerful. The Paul, Paul the Apostle is obviously speaking to a group of believers. He wrote a letter to Christians living in Rome who were immersed in this Roman Empire, the, the culture, the mindset, the lifestyle. The way of everything went in that world at the time was basically controlled by the Roman Empire. And so Paul is once again reminding the believers that were living there in Rome with this truth. And he said, don't copy the behavior, the customs, kind of the, the way things are in terms of the lifestyle and the you know, the, the, the way that, that, that things are basically established within the culture at that time. So don't copy the behavior and the customs, the systems, if you will, of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way, everybody say it out loud, you think. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and 
perfect. So there's some incredible, incredible truth packed in to that particular verse. You see, the only way that we can experience true change in our lives is when we don't try to do it ourselves, or we try to turn over a new leaf or make New Year resolutions. All those things are good. That's a part of the process. But the only way we can truly be changed, more importantly, transformed, is by allowing the Holy Spirit to make a shift to transform the way that we think. In other words, we have to change the way we see everything, and it begins in the mind. We have to think about what we're thinking about. Turn your neighbor, look at him, and say, you need to think about what you're thinking about. Because it begins in the mind. Let me tell you something. There, there, are, there are many of us in this room when it comes to you know, certain things that we need to change in our lives. There are all kinds of situations. But here's the thing that I think is so important. Anyone can overcome circumstances in their life. Let me say it to you this way. We are not a product of our past. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who become prisoners of their past. But we are not a we're not necessarily a, a product of our past in the sense that we have the opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to change, to transform, to renew who we are and ultimately who He desires for us to become. So that the old is done away with and the new has, brought, has been brought forth into our lives. So what we're going to do today is we're going to unpack some things that are really, really important when it comes to understanding why we need to make some shifts in our mind. And it really does. It begins in our mindset. And the first is this. Our thoughts shape our lives. Every action, every reaction in our lives, in other words, what we feel and what we ultimately do, is a, is a result of what we allow into our minds. And so it's important that we realize that we have to make that kind of adjustment when it comes to understanding that the thoughts of our very existence, the thought of our mindset, the, the things that we allow into our brain are literally the very things that will shape the trajectory of our lives. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says it this way. Be careful how you think, because your life is shaped by your thoughts. In other words, your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You ever notice that? In other words, if, you, if you're thinking depressed thoughts, guess what? Okay, now I'm going to start drifting towards negative emotions where now I'm feeling those depressed thoughts and over time we're going to start acting out and behaving in other words there are going to be certain patterns that we begin to conform to why because it began with the mind and now the mind has affected the emotions and the outcome are decisions and choices that we're beginning to make that may be unhealthy destructive and unproductive in our lives why because we are allowing depressed thoughts to control and dominate our lives 
which in return control and dominate our emotions and ultimately our choices. So therefore, our, our thoughts always move, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so one of the things we have to do is we have to realize another reason why our mind has such a powerful effect on our lives. Number two is that our battles also happen in our mind. So not only do our thoughts help shape ultimately our lives and the direction of our lives, but we also have to recognize that the battles that, or the struggles that we face each and every day also begin in our minds. In other words, we have constant and there are continuous things that, that often, if we're not careful, they can begin to seep into our minds. And before we realize it, those things become battles or struggles in and of themselves. In other words, here's what often happens. You've often heard it said that the battle is either won or lost. When it comes to what goes on between the ears, it's in the mind and it's true. And what that battle looks like is, you know, sometimes we're processing, you know, is it easy? Am I going to choose the easy way or the uneasy way? Am I going to do what's convenient or inconvenient? You know, is, 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 my, you know, is my perspective going to be positive or is it going to be negative? You know, it, it is all of these things. Am I going to be judgmental and critical or am I going to be encouraging? Am I going to be life-giving? Am I going to be insecure or am I going to be confident? You see, these are the things that we are always processing. These are the battles that we fight and we face each and every day of our lives. And of course, there are internal struggles. Those are the emotions of fear, insecurity, doubt. You know, it's all of those negative emotions. Those are the things that take place on the inside. But then we also have the external pressures and struggles that if we're not careful, those things in and of themselves can sabotage our lives. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, all of these battles can be won or lost by what we allow to control, to, to be controlled within our minds. So the good news is this. In Romans chapter 2, verses 22 through 23, once again, the Apostle Paul reminds us of this truth. He said, truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. But I discern another power operating in my humanity. Waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder is my humanity. So what Paul is simply saying is that, hey, I'm no different than any of you. He said, hey, the struggle is real. I, fi I fight the same battle that you face, that I face. And Paul is reinforcing the fact that that battle, that struggle that he has in his mind, there is this desire to do good, but at the same time, he finds himself struggling with the battle to choose bad or to choose the wrong. And so at the end of the day, once again, we have a choice. And there's no change that can take place in our lives until we ultimately make the choice that begins in our minds. Why? Because it not only shapes the direction of our lives, 
But also we recognize the fact that that is the place, that is the battlefield. Those are where, that is where the struggles happen most. It happens in our minds. Good news is, is that the devil can only make suggestions. As believers in Christ, hey, he has no place in our lives. Hey, he can offer suggestions. You know what suggestions mean? In other words, he can put us into a place of temptation. He can kind of throw that dangling carrot out there in front of us. He can, he can kind of help paint a picture of what, you know, maybe what would be awesome and what would be great. And, oh, if we could do this or if we could have that or if we could be with this person or we could be with that person or if we tried this or we tried that. He's out there trying to always suggest another path. He's always trying to put seeds of doubt. He's always trying to lure us into a place that basically seduces us to where we buy into those, those lies. We buy into those suggestions. And what happens? Those lies suddenly are, are shifted. They're twisted. They're perverted to where they become truth in our minds. And that's the reason why the Apostle Paul's reminding us, hey, the battle is right here. So we can either allow those suggestions that the enemy, the temptations that he's placing in front of us to enter into our minds to where we're thinking about that. We're fantasizing about that. We're romanticizing about that. We're suddenly allowing our minds to drift toward, toward whatever it is that he's enticing us with. That's the reason why our thoughts, once again, will always move in the direction of what is going on. In our minds, our lives are a reflection of that. And so, he's helping us to understand that we have the power to choose through the power of the Holy Spirit. Which leads me to the third reason why understanding the mindset is so vitally important. And the third reason is that our mind is where change begins. Notice. God doesn't start, you ready for this? He doesn't start changing our life with our toenails. Now, some of you might need to start there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I won't go there. Anyway, some of us, we need to realize that, you know what? Hey, God's not going to start with our fingernails either. He's not going to start with our armpit. Guess where he starts? God chooses to start in our brain, in our mind. Why is that? Well, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23 through 24, in fact, this is a passage of Scripture we talked about last week, foundationally, to kind of help set the tone for everything we're doing throughout this series. This is so power, powerful. What did he say? He said, let the Spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. You were you are created to be like God in His image, so you must please him and be truly holy. You know, oftentimes we hear somebody referencing the fact that, you know, I accepted Jesus into my heart. You know, we've all heard that, right? And oftentimes we will hear the word heart, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So often what happens is, is, the, is the word heart and the word mind, these are metaphors and these are also symbols at times that, that have almost one and the same type of meaning. In other words, repentance 
is, 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 is something that is necessary when it comes to our conversion, when it comes to our salvation. But also repentance is necessary when it comes to making those shifts spiritually and morally in our lives. Repentance actually is a word in the Bible referring to metanoia. It simply means it is a change of one's mind. It is that change of one's heart. It is the changing of one's mind between what is right and what is wrong. They're acknowledging the fact that their way is wrong God's way is right. It is a picture of somebody going this direction. They realize they're going in the wrong direction. They make a decision in their mind. And now they're accepting what God is saying to be true, which is going to ultimately bring forth change and produce a new direction, a new trajectory into their lives. And so with that, we have to realize that our mind, our heart, is something that is extremely, extremely powerful. And Satan can, again, bring those suggestions into our minds. But guess what? When we hear the word suggestion, we often also associate that with temptation, right? Because those are from the devil. But we also need to realize is that the Holy Spirit, who lives in our hearts if we're believers... We need to realize that the Holy Spirit doesn't have suggestions. The Holy Spirit gives us the inspiration that we need in order to bring about the transformation that God wants to see happen in our lives. So the only way that we can really be truly holy and pure to be ultimately everything that God desires for us to be, which is to conform into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, that we have to debunk the suggestions, the temptations of the devil, and we have to embrace the inspiration and the truth, which leads to the transformation that God wants to bring about in our lives. And it all happens right here. That's where God begins to bring about change in our lives. Again, Every change begins with choosing. So let me quickly just give you three practical ways. Now I'm going to ask you some questions here in just a moment. In fact, I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't started taking notes yet, you ought to get your phone out, your little notes or whatever, and jot some things in. I'm getting ready to give you. I'm getting ready to get very, very, very practical with you. So here are three choices that I think we can all make, including myself, To help us shift our mind, our mindset, which again is where the battle begins. It's where it's won or lost. And if we're going to see change that we desire to make, if we want to see and experience these shifts that we need to make, whether it's in our marriage, our family relationships, a career, a job situation that could be better, maybe some some, some situations or circumstances going on, you know, with, with other friendships, relationships you have, whatever it is, every change that we need to see made in our lives begins with some choices. And here they are. Number one, we need to fix our mind on truth. We need to fix our mind on truth. Now, I'm getting ready to get in your business. Y'all ready for that? I mean, I'm, I'm going to put the cookies way down here on the lower shelf. So, in my back pocket, I got what you got in your back pocket. 
or your purse. You know what it's called? iPhone. Or for some of you, Android. Or for some of you, you got one of those new flip phones, whatever you got. But anyway, we all got a phone, right? Everybody with me? Y'all tracking with me? We all got a phone. I literally looked, I just Googled this morning on my phone. I just was curious. I wanted to know. The average iPhone user, you ready for this? The average iPhone user, okay, spends 39.54 minutes per, listen to this, per, not, not per week, per day, per day. Listen to this. Every iPhone user spends 30, I'm sorry, 39 hours and 54 minutes on their phone. That's insane. That's every single, every single week. Every single week. And so what that means is, is that every day throughout the week, here's what we're doing. We're spending approximately 39 hours just scrolling, swiping, just checking out. Some of it might be legit. We're texting somebody, you know, we're, we're, we're actually doing something productive. But at the end of the day, a lot of us, we're just killing time. And you know what, you know what's been said? Hey, idle time is whose time? It's the devil's time, right? So if we're just chilling and we're just scrolling, we're, we're just, you know, kind of swiping. We're just looking at whatever, Instagram, you know, Facebook. You know, we're just looking at all the pictures. We're checking out all the funny, silly, goofy videos, TikTok, you know. Or maybe we, we're doing little selfies or, you know, we're doing our little dances. And we point to all the little graphics, you know. Man, it takes time to do all that stuff. That's why I don't do it. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, we get consumed with all that stuff. And all of a sudden, what we see, what we hear, and what we're allowing into our minds. Let me ask you a question. Is it helpful or is it unhelpful? Is it healthy or is it unhealthy? Is it productive or is it unproductive? For a lot of us, this thing right here serves as one of the greatest single spiritual distractions and relational distractions in our entire life. And so, again, hey, I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to all of us today because, listen, if anything, there's some awesome things about this. Okay, I'm not throwing this under the bus. But the problem is, is that we consume so much of it. And as a result, we're not fixing our minds on truth. We're fixing our minds on things that, quite frankly, are unproductive and irrelevant to our personal health and well-being. And so we got to realize that the only way that we can do that or shift, if you will, away from that is to fix our minds on truth. That's the reason why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're not doing it just because it's the trendy, cool thing to do at the beginning of the year and a lot of other churches doing it. In all sincerity, we are doing it because we want to focus in on God. We want to eliminate distractions. That's why we're adding fasting to the equation. Fasting is simply positioning ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally to where we are in complete surrender and dependence upon God. In other words, we're not looking to or leaning on or depending upon anything other than the fact that Jesus Christ has my undivided, 
fixated, focused attention, and that is what I'm going to set my mind on. And so if we want to overcome a lot of the things that have really set us back, well, we got to fix our minds on truth. And here's what Philippians 4, 8 says. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And then think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So I'm just going to give you some quick questions here. And I want you just to think about this quickly. And I'm going to give you a verse beside each question. Number one is this. Am I being wise or am I being foolish with what I allow into my mind? Am I being wise or am I being foolish? In other words, am I being careless? Am I being lackadaisical? Am I drawn into the suggestions and the temptations of the evil one? Or am I being wise? Proverbs 15 verse 14 says it this way. Lovers of God hunger after truth. But those without understanding feast on foolishness and don't even realize it. Here's another question. Am I feeding my soul daily with God's word? Again, what are we feeding our soul with? Because that's very important. For, for a lot of us, our souls, our souls, our mind, our will, our emotion, our souls, sadly and unfortunately, we're, we're malnourished. We're, we're, we're very well nourished maybe on the physical side of things. And, and for some of us, you know, we got, you know, other aspects that are good and positive. But at the end of the day, for a lot of us, we have spiritual malnourishment. Why? Because we're feeding on the wrong things. And here's what the scripture says. In fact, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 4, 4, when the devil was trying to tempt him. And what did he say? He always answered the, the questions or situations the devil threw at him with the right response. And he said in, in Matthew 4, 4, he said, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So if you want to be nourished, if you want to get healthy spiritually in your lives, then you've got to increase your daily intake. You've got to fix what is wrong by feeding yourself what is right with the word of God. The third question is, is this, would Jesus say that I am a disciple? You say, what is a disciple? Those are the guys that follow Jesus, right? Well, a disciple is a pupil. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is one who is learning and growing and understanding more and more the ways of God. It's a part of the sanctification process where a true follower, a true disciple is actually beginning to be transformed in their life by the way that they think. And by the way that they live, the decisions that they make are being conformed more and more into the image and into the person of Jesus Christ. So the question is, would Jesus say that I am a disciple? Would Jesus say that I am truly one of his followers? Well, in John verse 8, 31, Jesus said it like this. He said to the people who believed in him. 
Not those who didn't believe. He said, no, to the ones who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if, that's the condition, if you remain faithful to my teachings. Now that's a little bit of a, you know, self-examination. Are we truly following Christ? Are we one of his disciples? Are we abiding? Are we remaining in God's word? Are we being faithful to his teaching? Another question quickly. Does my media intake give me freedom or frustration? Those 39 plus hours that we spend every week on our phones, is it freeing us up or is it creating frustration in the sense that maybe it has increased our appetite to want more things that we see, desire more things that may not be necessarily something we need, but it might just be something we desire, we want. Let me ask you a question. Is the is the very things that we're allowing into our minds and into our hearts, are they creating more security and confidence in who we are in Christ? Or is it only feeding that sense of insecurity because we're always comparing and competing with everybody else that we're following on social media? These are huge things that we have to think about. The last question is this. When is the best time to fix our minds on truth? When's the best time? Let me tell you when it is. You ready for this? All the time. Come on, somebody. Yeah, it's not just, you know, an hour a week at church on Sundays. No, 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 no. It is all the time. In fact, Psalm 119 verse 97 says it this way. Oh, how I love your instructions. Notice, I think about them all day long. And can you imagine if that's all we thought about? We just thought about Jesus. Man, we just, we're just thinking about him. Man, we're just talking about him. I mean, all day long, he is the preoccupation. He's the distraction. I mean, he's the one that we're just fixated on. Can you imagine what that would do to our lives? Can you imagine what that would do in our relationships? Can you imagine what would happen in our workplace? Can you imagine what would happen in our sphere of influence when people saw us? They just would see Jesus. I mean, we look like him, we talk like him, we sound like him. The reason why they would know we sound like him, look like him, and we, we live like him is because everything that we're about, the fruit of the Spirit is being manifested in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, you know, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, all of those things, self-control. Those would be the manifestations that everybody sees, they hear, and they witness because of who we have become. That's how we can ultimately shift our thoughts. So when we shift our thoughts on Jesus and we allow him to be the fixation of our lives and on his word, guess what? Change for the good begins to happen in our lives. The second thing is this. So what what do we do? We fix our mind on truth. That's the first choice. And the second choice is this. We free our minds from destructive thoughts. We free our minds from destructive thoughts. 
In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, Paul said it this way. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. You ought to circle the words dominated and the words controlled. Dominated and controlled. So the question is, are we being dominated and controlled by the destructive things, the suggestions the enemy throws at us, or are we being dominated and controlled by the, whole, by the person of the Holy Spirit who lives and indwells within us, but also is controlling our minds? I believe that many of us here today, sadly and unfortunately, we have allowed some things in our lives, we've allowed some negative thinking, we've allowed some of the wrong thoughts that have suddenly allowed us to become enslaved by those thoughts. It might be fear, it might be insecurity, you know, it might just be, um, you know, the, the image that we have of ourselves, you know, has maybe caused us to feel inferior, you know, for some of us, it might be discouragement, defeat. I mean, the list goes on and on. But the sad and tragic thing is, is that for many of us, we've allowed those seeds that the enemy has placed in our minds to become reality in our minds. Because we've chosen to focus on those things. Well, those things in and of themselves, over time, do what? They become controlling. They dominate and ultimately they begin to consume our lives to where again your lives will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts so we have to change our minds by making the choice to fix our mind on God and to free our minds from the destructive patterns and thoughts that the enemy has used to enslave our lives you guys with me this is so so important this is so important for us to make the kind of shifts that we need to make. Because it begins in the mind. And then lastly is this. What are those choices? We fix our mind on truth. We free our mind on destruct from destructive thoughts. And we focus our mind daily on what matters most. Now, if you were to ask me the question, what matters most in our lives, I mean, obviously we could probably fill that blank with, you know, a lot of different things. And I could probably think of a lot of things that come to mind. But, but let me just give you three things, and, and I'll close with this. This is just getting really practical. What would it look like if we chose to focus our mind on Jesus, like I emphasized a few moments ago? Just allowing our minds to go there daily. Imagine what it would look like if we woke up in the morning, your alarm goes off, and rather than picking up your phone, how many of you use your phone as an alarm? You wake up to the alarm on your phone? Imagine what would happen if we didn't click the snooze button. I know none of us are guilty of that, right? But what would happen if we chose not to just click the snooze button, but we actually got up, and what would happen if... Rather than swiping up and beginning to scroll through Twitter or through 
Instagram or suddenly just, you know, looking at text messages or whatever it might be. What if we just focused on Jesus? Just simply saying, thank you, Jesus, for another day. This is the day that you've made. I'm going to make a choice to rejoice and be glad in it. In 2 Timothy 2.8, it says it this way. I love how the passion captures this, the passion translation. Make Jesus your focus in life and ministry. What if that's how we started our day? By just making Jesus the focus of our life and our ministry. You say, where's my ministry? And ministry is in your workplace. It's at school. It's in your marriage. It's in your home. What if we just focused on Jesus? You become what you think about, right? Our lives will always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So if you don't like the direction your life is going, we have to repent. It's the metamorphosis. It's the change it's the shift in directions, choosing our mind. It's choosing our mind to go in a different direction, allowing those thoughts to change. Number two, what if we focus not just on Jesus, but we now started focusing on others? Because at the end of the day, we either self focused or we're others focused. What if we started? As we're maybe getting ready to get our kids off to school or getting ready to walk into work or whatever it is, wherever we're at, what if we shifted our focus away from ourselves to how can I add value to this person? How can I add value to my workplace today? How can I add value to my community? How can I bless somebody else? How can I help someone else? How can I speak life into someone else? How can I help someone else today? Philippians 2 verse 4, Paul said it this way. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interest. And then lastly, what if we focused our minds daily... Not just on Jesus and others, but we focused daily on eternity. You know, in Colossians 3, 2, it says it this way. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. You know, when you pick up the paper or you read it digitally online or you watch the evening news... What that does is it tells us what's going on in the world. And we should know. We should be aware of what is taking place. But even though we can be aware of what is taking place in the world, listen. We should not be controlled by those things. Nor should we allow our minds to be fixated on those things. But if anything... We should allow those things to make us aware and to create an even more sense of understanding 
Will we understand the signs of the times and we understand that everything that's going on in our world is all pointing toward eternity. Because there will be a day when Jesus comes. There will be a day. The Bible says we don't know the time nor the hour. There are signs. There are real symptoms. There is evidence that right now we are getting closer and closer and closer to the Lord's return. And the question is, are we ready? And if we're ready... We need to be in the business, personally, and as a church, of helping others in the world who don't know Jesus to get ready. Because whether we realize it or whether we're ready or not, Jesus is coming. And we got to be prepared. And we got to help other people get prepared. And it it doesn't matter. Listen, who it is, everybody needs to get prepared and ready. They need to know Jesus. So we need to get off of ourself. We need to get away from the distractions of this world. And we need to get focused on Jesus. We need to get focused on others. And we need to get focused on the fact that Jesus is coming. And now is the time to live in victory rather than defeat. Now is the time to take back more turf that the enemy has tried to take. And it begins between the ears. The battle is waging and it's going to be won or lost in the mind. we got to shift our mind away from the things of this world to the things that matter the most, and that is souls. That is men and women and teenagers and boys and girls that are lost that need Jesus. And that's where our focus should be. That's what matters. Nothing else matters. You'll never ever see a U-Haul hitched to the back of a hearse on its way to the graveyard. There is nothing in this world we're going to take into eternity. We came into this world with nothing, and we're going to go out of this world with nothing. And the only thing that matters are the souls of people. So let's get off of all the stuff that the enemy is using to sabotage us, to distract us, to control us, to dominate us, and defeat us. Listen, Jesus is alive. He has risen from the grave, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so God wants to use us, times too short, to allow our minds to rob us what Christ has already given us. And that's a life of freedom and victory. And I know that's a lot, but I pray it's been helpful. Because it all starts right here. If we're going to see the shifts that we want to see happen in our lives. Every change begins with a choice. And there are no changes that we'll ever see until we make the choice. Change always starts with choosing. And it starts right here. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed... I just want to say that there may be some of us 
maybe watching online, maybe you're here in the room and you're a follower of Jesus. But maybe you've allowed the temptations, the distractions from the world, from other people. Maybe it's unhealthy relationships, some hurts, some habits, some things that you have allowed the enemy to use to sabotage your mindset. And because of that, you have found yourself living in defeat, discouraged, depressed. You've allowed your, maybe your life to end up in a place that you really, really didn't intend to be. But maybe today, there's a shift that needs to happen. And maybe today, it's just starting to change the way you think. Replacing the old with the new, the unhelpful with the helpful, replacing the lies with the truth, and focusing on Jesus today. For some of you here today, maybe those watching online, Maybe you've never personally invited Jesus Christ into your life. You've never really made him the Lord of your life. In other words, just to put it plain and simple, if you died today, you just don't really know where you would spend eternity. If you're unsure, you're unclear, maybe today you need to make that decision in your mind, which is symbolic of your heart. You're going to surrender. You're going to place your faith and your trust in the person of Jesus. Who loves you, who died for you, and who came back to life for you. And who wants and longs for nothing more than just to have a relationship with you. And if that's your need today, that's where you are, would you just pray this prayer in your heart? You're accepting this into your mind. You're believing this in your heart. Just say, dear God, I ask for your forgiveness. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. And he arose again. And by faith, I invite Jesus into my life. To save me and to forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul today. And as their heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one's looking. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, would you let me know by just holding up your hand high toward heaven today, saying, yes, count me in. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Hey, count me in. That's awesome. It's wonderful. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your honesty today. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for these who were willing just to be honest and transparent and humble themselves to say, that's me. In my heart, I want my name to be written in heaven. I want my heart to be changed and transformed. And I'm choosing today, by changing my mind, I'm agreeing with God today. And today I'm putting my faith in Him. God, we are 
so thankful for those who made that decision, whether in the room or online. And others of us today, Lord, who may already be followers of Jesus, but maybe today was a new commitment, a fresh start of shifting some things in our minds to get us back on track, to live victorious rather than continuing to live in defeat. We thank you for the power of your word today. May it be something today that we think about, we fixate our minds upon, and may we be transformed by your truth. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, everybody. Let's give God a little shout of praise and celebrate with those that made some major decisions today. That's awesome. Real real quick, let me just say in conclusion that Uh, Hey, if you prayed that prayer a moment ago, you raised your hand acknowledging that you did so. Take your uh, your little welcome card. It looks just like this. When you came in, it should be there on your seat. Uh, You can take a pen uh, if it's there uh, in your seat uh, or grab one and just fill out your information here. Make sure in that blue line there's a blank that says, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Please let us know that you have interest. Uh, excuse me, that you place your faith in Christ. But also, if you are a first-time guest, make sure you let us know by putting a check mark uh, there as well. You might be both. And so what we want to do today is we want to answer any questions you have. In fact, we're going to have a prayer team down here at the front when we're dismissed in a second. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you about anything that maybe you're walking through. Also, on your way out in the lobby, there's, a, uh, there's an area that we call Next Steps. And we'd love to give you a Bible. We'd love to give you a little booklet to put into your hand for those of you who prayed that prayer or you'd like to just talk to somebody in more detail about, you know, where you are spiritually in your, in your journey. We'll have some folks there available for you as well. And, of course, if you're a guest, we have a free gift that we would love to make available to you on your way out there at our welcome tent. So we would encourage you to uh, take advantage of those opportunities. And then also, we have a lot of cool things that we're ramping up for. Uh, Today, again, is day seven for 21 days of prayer. Join us tomorrow morning. Hey, let's allow, even if you didn't start out with us the first week, that's okay. Hey, we still got two more weeks, so let's press in. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., join us online. We only take about 10 minutes. We just press in, we pray, and uh, it's a great way, once again, to jumpstart your day and establish some new habits and patterns in your life of fixing our thoughts on the Lord. And then let's, let's also make a shift in our minds and in our hearts when it comes to the issue of giving. In other words, honoring the Lord with the tithe, honoring the Lord by putting Him first in every area of our lives, including our money, our finances. And I just want to encourage you, if you have never done this before, so often, you know, we, we're, we're sabotaged Again, in the mind, we're sabotaged because we, we've adopted a scarcity mindset rather than, rather than an abundance mindset. So if you see God as a God of scarcity, that He can't help you, that He can't provide for you, that He can't protect you, that He can't support you, that He can't, you know, intervene in your situation and circumstances, then, man, <laughs> I feel sorry for you. But we serve a God who's the God of abundance. We serve a God who's the God of more than enough. We serve a God that when we come under His provision, come under His authority, come under His protection, when we surrender what we have and we give it to the Lord, guess what? God takes it, He uses it, He multiplies it, and He blesses us. And He blesses us far more than we could ever imagine. So I'm challenging you today. I'm saying this unapologetically. Listen, I have 
32 years of experience and living proof of God's provision and His supernatural blessings. And I'm not talking about just on a material level. I'm talking about in a way of life. How many of you want the favor of God on your life? The favor of God on your marriage. The favor of God on your kids. The favor of God in your work. The favor of God in everything that, listen, you have set your mind and your heart to. Well, listen, that comes when we live a life of obedience. That's the bottom line. I mean, I'm reading through the book of Genesis right now. And it's just very, very simple. The Christian life is summarized in one word. It's obedience. And when we obey, there's blessings. When we disobey, things don't go as we had hoped. But the good news is we can start today by obeying and trusting the Lord and following His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God wants to show us and He wants to demonstrate that blessing and provision over our lives. So let's be faithful. Let's be consistent this year. Let's make giving a new priority and really just a passion of our hearts. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart, there your mind, your affections will be also. Amen. So let's bow our heads together and let's pray over our offering as we worship today. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for your provision. I pray that today, Lord, that we'll just start somewhere, that we'll do something. Lord, that we'll just, we'll be doers of the word, not just hearers, but we will put action behind our faith and we'll trust you, we'll honor you in these areas of our lives. And Lord, whether we give online, whether we give through uh, text, whether we give in the offering bucket, we just pray that whatever form it is, or you see the desire, the motivations of our heart, and Lord, you'll take what we give, use it, multiply it, to advance your purposes. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.